Hello, and welcome to our third episode of our Let's Talk Vape podcast series, where we post new episodes discussing topics surrounding the somewhat controversial subject of vaping every month on our YouTube channel. We are prevention specialists with the Alcohol and Other Drug Department from Helpline Youth Counseling. My name is Lauren. Uh, my name is Gabby. Hey, everyone. My name is Kafila. So for this month's episode, we will be debunking some common myths about the use of vapes. We will be breaking down this month's podcast episode into three parts. This is part one of the Debunking Vaping Myths podcast episode. So who are we? So um, as I mentioned before, we are from Helpline Youth Counseling, a nonprofit organization that seeks to enhance the well-being in the youth in their, and their families uh, through counseling, education, and the utilization of community resources. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on Instagram, our handle is AOD uh, underscore or AOD prevention underscore HYC. Um, on there is where we post uh, factual information about drugs and alcohol. Uh, we also promote our uh, upcoming events and workshops on there. Um, and this is also where we uh, promote our new podcast episodes. So if you'd like to follow us, please do. Um, we started this podcast series because we wanted to create a space uh, where we can discuss our opinions, share our research, and hopefully influence others to not engage in drug and alcohol use. Um, but with that being said, we are not here to tell you what to do or how to live your life. Uh, we're simply trying to provide people with knowledge and resources in order for them to make the best possible decisions for themselves. Um, so I would also like to note that we are not licensed health professionals um, and everything that we talk about is not intended to be a substitute for uh, professional medical device, advice or um, uh, diagnoses or uh, treatment. Uh, we're only here to share our opinions based on the research that we have done. Um, always seek, uh, be sure to always seek uh, the advice of your physician or other qualified health providers uh, with any other questions you may have regarding uh, like vaping or smoking um, or treatment for vaping or a cigarette addiction. Um, but with that, let's dive into uh, debunking some common myths about vaping. We will be breaking down this month's podcast episode into three parts. This is part one of the debunking vaping myths podcast episode. So the first myth about vapes that we're going to debunk is that e-cigs do not contain nicotine. Uh, so this is a common myth that many youth believe because, uh, or about vapes and e-cigs, um, that they don't contain nicotine. Uh, but the truth is a majority of them do. Uh, yes, there are some, um, vapes that can, that can contain just THC or C CBD, but all vapes that are considered uh, e-cigs do contain uh, nicotine. Um, and the majority of youth e-cigarette users think that they are uh, just vaping flavoring, not nicotine, which is uh, quite scary. In fact, 63% of Juul users uh, between the ages of 15 and 24 years old did not know that the product of Juul pods did contain or always contained uh, nicotine. Um, but in fact, they do contain nicotine and a whole lot of it. Um, so most of the time, e-liquid, um, that's the juice inside of the vapes, um, that nicotine strength will be shown in milligrams per milliliter, um, which um, this means that for every milliliter of e-liquid in a vape, there is a specified amount of uh, nicotine. 
Um, now, some vapes may show nicotine amount in a percentage form, which can actually be pretty misleading because uh, this number is smaller than the milligrams per milliliter, uh, which makes it seem as though there is less nicotine. But if a vape says 5% nicotine, this means that there's actually 50 milligrams of uh, nicotine. And to calculate the milligrams uh, of nicotine from a percentage, you would just need to multiply that number uh, by 10. So 5% of nicotine means 50 milligrams of nicotine. Um, and the amount of nicotine in vapes varies, um, but some common amounts uh, include 30 milligrams, 50 milligrams, um, and 60 milligrams as well, which is really uh, high. Um, now, jewel, jewel pods, um, they will come in two different uh, types of nicotine amounts, and those are 30 milligrams and 50 milligrams. Um, so in comparison to uh, the amount of nicotine in traditional cigarettes, uh, one 5% or 50 milligram jewel pod is actually equal to the amount of nicotine in one pack of cigarettes. And something that's really scary about this is that I found some research saying that some uh, youth are going uh, through one of these pods a day. Uh, meaning that they're consuming more than one pack of or one pack of worth of nicotine content a day. Um, and this is scary because nicotine is a highly addictive drug. Um, in fact, it can be addictive as addictive as heroin and cocaine. And the reason why it is so uh, addictive is because nicotine activates our dopamine receptors. Uh, and this is a neurotransmitter that is released in our brain that makes us feel happy. So which, when we consume this nicotine, dopamine will be released in our brain, make us feel good, and it will lead us to crave more, um, which is why it's so addicting. Um, and nicotine is a stimulant, uh, meaning that it will increase your heart rate and blood pressure. Um, and it can affect the brain within 10 seconds of inhaling. Um, nicotine affects the part of the brain that is responsible for attention, memory, and learning. So due to the fact that the part of the brain that nicotine affects is not fully developed until around the age of 25, consuming nicotine uh, before this age can greatly affect how this part of the brain is developed. So this myth is definitely a big myth because uh, all e-cigarettes do contain nicotine. And then Lauren, I have a quick question. Uh, besides uh, nicotine, what other toxic chemicals are um, in e-cigarettes? So there's actually so many chemicals in these e-cig devices and they do vary pretty greatly. So when like laboratories will test them, there's so many different types that come up. Um, but one of the most, I would say like dangerous ones that the, uh, the researchers talk about is uh, this ingredient called like propylene glycol. Um, and propylene glycol is actually a chemical that we consume in, um, it's not a chemical, but it's a substance that is in a lot of uh, foods that we actually, it's in food like uh, leafy vegetables and even popcorn, things such as that. So we know that we can like consume it or eat it and it's okay. Um, but a lot of the researchers are pointing to uh, this um, ingredient in a lot of the vape juices um, to be the culprit of a lot of those uh, sicknesses that were coming out uh, with uh, vape users. And um, the reason why is because they were saying that this propylene glycol was a solid when it was in um, the vape juice. And then when it was heated up and vaporized by the vape, it was going into our lungs and then it was cooling back down and it was sticking to our lungs. Um, and that's what a lot of the sicknesses were being caused. It was making it hard for them to breathe. Um, and a lot of them ended up having to go on ventilators because of this. But that was a good question, Gabby. Thank you. I think it's pretty interesting. So 
Um, just because one jewel pod is equal to one whole pack of cigarettes, I think that's that's a crazy um, that's a crazy fact right there. So, what do you think is like the impact? So, let's say you have a teen or you have like an adolescent who is for the first time trying um, an e-cigarette and they actually finish a whole jewel pot. What do you think is like the impact on their bodies just from just from smoking that since it's equal to one pack of cigarettes? Yeah, so that's also a good question, Kafila. Thank you. We, If you consume too much nicotine, there is something that is called nicotine sickness that you can um, experience. And this is uh, actually really likely um, due to the amount of nicotine in those vapes, it's likely for vape users to experience nicotine sickness. And it can be accompanied, accompanied by feelings of nausea, um, things like stomach pain, so it can make you dizzy. Um, you, it can give you a bad headache and also give you a lack of energy. So um, that could be something that they could experience um, short term, like when they consumed all that nicotine. But I think in the long term, um, nicotine will affect those that brain development. So if they're continually to you're continuing to consume that much nicotine, one jewel pot a day, that much nicotine can uh, definitely affect uh, things like memory and learning, those things I was talking about a little bit earlier. Um, so yeah, the, there's definitely some um, effects and um, that could happen to these uh, users that are using one jewel pot or even more a day. Um, okay, so now we're going to talk about our uh, second myth about vaping. Um, and we're going to be debunking this myth. And this is uh, that e-cigs can be used anywhere, including indoors. Um, so the reason why this myth has been widely believed is because um, e-cig companies have used this as a selling point for their product. Um, and it's not true. It's a lie. Here are um, two advertisements that I found for uh, different uh, e-cig devices. Um, so if you take a look at these two advertisements, the first one um, on the upper left-hand corner um, is an advertisement for blue e-cigs. And it says, take back your freedom uh, with a bullet point that says smoke virtually anywhere. And the second one um, on the bottom right-hand corner says that it's 100% legal to smoke anywhere. And in small print, uh, it says, looks like an ordinary cigarette, but it's not. Real nicotine in harmless water vapor that you can smoke in restaurants, bars, airports, and virtually anywhere. So this advertisement has two lies within it. Uh, the number one is that it is 100% legal to smoke anywhere. Um, so the majority of states that require, uh, majority of states require that e-cig users respect the same laws uh, traditional cigarettes users fall, follow. So we are now seeing many public places change their signs from no smoking to no smoking, including uh, e-cigarettes. Um, and in August of 2016, um, a world, the World Health Organization uh, came out with a report that recommended that e-cigarettes be banned in indoor areas or wherever smoking is uh, prohibited. So wherever traditional cigarettes smoking, e-cigarettes should be uh, banned as well. Um, and many of local and state jurisdictions have recently begun enacting uh, laws that prohibit e-cigarette usage any or everywhere that smoking is banned. Um, now, although some state laws uh, with really comprehensive or detailed smoke-free laws still allow for vaping to be permitted in bars and restaurants um, while prohibiting e-cigarettes in other indoor spaces. 
Um, but currently there are 13 states with statewide vaping bans. So that means that e-cigarette usage is prohibited everywhere that smoking is banned within the entire state. Um, and those states are California, um, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, uh, Hawaii, Maine, uh, New Jersey, New York, uh, North Dakota, Oregon, Rhode Island, Utah, and Vermont. And additionally to the state vape, uh, the statewide vaping bans, um, a lot of high schools and some middle schools throughout the U.S. have been revising their uh, tobacco rules to ban vaping on school grounds. Um, and I remember when I was in college, I think I mentioned this in our last podcast um, episode on tobacco use decades later, uh, decades later, um, where we discussed uh, things about uh, new regulations and laws surrounding e-cigs. So if you wanted to go into more detail on this, go ahead and check out that last episode. But um, anyway, I remember when I first went into college, we were a smoke-free co- uh, smoke-free campus. And my first year, I saw all the signs around saying no smoking. Um, and then a year or two later, I remember that they changed these uh, signs when uh, Juul started to get popular and they changed the signs to no smoking, including e-cigarettes. So there are many campuses that are doing the same thing and changing their no smoking policies to include the use of e-cigarettes as well. Um, Thank you, Lauren. I actually have a quick question. um, So I know you said that there's now they're implementing no smoking signs, including no vaping signs, but are are there any fines or infractions um, that come like if you do violate them, especially like on campuses, you know, the school grounds? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think that also might vary as well. I'm sure it goes for like if there's a statewide vaping ban um, that if you're smoking in a place where smoking is prohibited. That also means that those e-cigarettes are um, prohibited. I'm sure that maybe those infractions could be like, you could get a ticket or something like that for doing that. Um, And then I think also for, I'm not exactly positive, but on school grounds, I think it would probably be like more infractions. And I'm sure like the more infractions or whatever you get with, depending on the campus policy um, that you could um, eventually, if you had enough fractions, which is scary, you could maybe like lose scholarships or uh, maybe even get kicked out of school if that was, um, if it was continued um, infractions as well, uh, which is scary for a lot of kids that rely on uh, scholarships in college that um, they could potentially lose those scholarships and stuff. And then for middle schools and high schools, I do remember a while back doing some research on schools when, because a lot of the kids were getting caught in um, smoking in the bathrooms and things like that. And even in class, because they believed that they wouldn't get caught because these devices were so small and the, uh, some of them would only admit like some of the, some smoke. Um, and I remember some campuses before they were like putting, giving them or um, putting them in trouble, like however they usually would be in trouble, being sent to the principal, maybe being suspended. But then I saw some research on people trying to actually, instead of just kicking them out of school, um, having them do like a no vaping or like a vaping um, course or something to learn like the effects of the dangerous effects of vaping um, and encouraging them to get treatment for their uh, vaping addiction. So I think that that is actually like a better option than just kicking them out of school, because what are they going to do if they get kicked out of school or suspended? They're just going to vape more at home, you know? And I think that it would be better if they actually learn the health effects and to learn why they shouldn't be vaping in the first place. So I think that that should be um, definitely um, enacted in um, many more uh, middle schools and high schools. Um, 
So yeah, if you guys don't have any other questions um, that I wanted to go back to that ad on the bottom right-hand corner, um, I noted that there's two um, lies within this ad, ad. Number one was that uh, you can smoke virtually anywhere, and that is definitely not true. But the second lie is that it says that it's just harmless uh, water vapor. Um, anything that contains nicotine cannot be considered harmless, uh, nor can it be considered just water vapor. And this actually leads us to our third myth that uh, Kafila will be debunking for us. This brings us to the end of part one of our debunking vaping myths podcast episode. If you'd like to listen to Kafila debunk the myth that vapes only produce water vapor, um, please head to part two of our debunking vaping myths podcast episode. If you have any re questions regarding this podcast episode, feel free to email me at lgraziani at hycinc.org. And our Instagram handle is aodprevention underscore hyc if you'd like to follow us on Instagram. And again, we just wanted to note that we are not licensed health professionals and everything we discussed in this podcast episode is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Thank you all for listening and go check out part two of our debunking vaping myths podcast episode.